0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic Sean Patrick. Visit us at iHateCritics.net, Everyone'sCriticPodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handles is CriticsPod. Listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. If you could rate and review the show, give us a five-star review and let us know you did it. We will give you a copy of, or the next one to do it, we'll get a copy of the 4K Blu-ray of I Spit on Your Grave. Uh, so uh, and we will That's rate the right. review on the air. And if you want to hear our in-depth conversation about that along with Sean's sister Amy, uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash to listen to that as well. I do believe we released it on our mainstream as well. Uh, but other things we have there are we've we started doing music stuff over there. We've reviewed Nirvana's Nevermind. Not really reviewed. Just kind of talked about it more from a I don't know a different <laughs> perspective. It was like
1: that old Chris Farley sketch where he talked to Paul McCartney and just said, "You know, you're so great."
0: <laughs> and then at the end of it, it's like I don't really know this song. <laughs> <laughs> and because we couldn't play the music because of copyrights, we I guess mean, we could have done that. I guess, but <laughs> it was all honest and natural. And yes, uh, yeah. Uh, and then we did Metallica's Black album. We're going to be doing a Beatles episode here shortly. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, I've already got my insults to anybody who hates the Beatles lined up, ready to go. So. Uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash critics pod if you want to hear that stuff uh a little more unscripted us not that we're scripted here but we have a format that we follow and there is just kind of we're we're winging it and it's kind of fun and then t public if you head over to i hate critics.net click on our t public page you can get a uh, access to our merch or go to t public.com and search critics pod uh sean's sent, like a couple of smart work i don't know if you make shirts out of them or not but they're pretty awesome so we probably will <laughs> uh nicholas cage and kevin spacey did you do that or did your cousin do that jeff that's all oh, he jeff. actually did that wow yeah that was nice of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but yeah we need to start pushing that a little harder and we will eventually uh, but we do have some great stuff over there. Willem Dafoe, Cameron Diaz, some fun. Cameron Diaz's shoulder inside jokes from the long time list for the long time listeners, uh, and and just funny looking t-shirts to begin with. So it's a lot yeah. of fun.
1: And soon, and soon, like we were just saying, we will entirely replace the legacy of Kevin Spacey <laughs> with Nicholas Cage. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's jump into the heart of our show. Oh, we are live on YouTube. If you want to listen to us or watch us live, uh, we will post it on our social media platforms whenever we go live. We don't have a scheduled recording, usually Sundays, Mondays, or Tuesdays, depending on when we're both available. Uh, But for now, let's go ahead and start the show. And let's start with the house of Gucci or our house of Gucci. And I know we're going to get to a Ridley Scott movies, like classic, but we're going to lead with this because this is the big movie of the week.
1: Indeed. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't see in and I didn't see resident evil. Um, <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm staying away from the kids movies for now. I'll watch it prior to awards probably because part of the gig there, but I, I just don't have time for kids movies these days. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is the, this is the big title of the week. Um, directed by Ridley Scott uh, the story of uh, uh, one of the Gucci scions who was murdered by his wife. She hired somebody to kill her. So this is a part biography and part uh, true crime story. Um, Lady Gaga is this social climbing woman who meets this uh, in Adam driver's character, who is the next in line to take over at the uh, Gucci fashion house. Uh, he's the son of Jeremy Irons. Al Pacino is his uncle. Also has a son played by Jared Leto, who's a total fuck up and has no future in the company. Though he doesn't, they just kind of tolerate him. Um, and that's pretty much the story. We don't really. The, the thing about this is, is that it vacillates in tone very wildly from uh, some soap opera drama to. High camp, and it really can't find a lane where it wants to be. Like Adam Driver is delivering a pretty earnest performance, as is Lady Gaga, but then you have Al Pacino and Jared Leto over here in an SNL parody at times the way it goes. You've got Jared Leto talking like Mario. (laughs) Uh, Just the kind of all the Italian stereotypes you can think of. Although I have seen people praise uh, him and they say that this guy was this kind of outlandish. So who knows? Maybe it's dead on. It just seemed kind of silly to me. Uh, especially when he got in front of Pacino and especially in a scene where it's him and Jeremy Irons and Jeremy Irons looks like he hates this guy, (laughs) which I know is part of the character, but it also just seemed very, very real. (laughs) It seemed very real just how much Jeremy Irons hated Jared Leto. And so there's kind of a, kind of a thrill there, but the thrills in this one are very hit and miss. Um, Like Adam driver, I think is, doing his damnedest to make this work he, he really wants this to be to be genuine and he's delivering a very serious performance um but he the accent also kind of silly and doesn't quite work on him either and uh, lady gaga is almost veering into russian at times in her speech she's also very serious though and, and you do buy into what her character is doing In the end, it's just far too much of a mixed bag to be at all satisfying. It's not quite as exciting as a true crime thriller should be. It's not as funny as a high camp, you know, comedy satire should be, and and it just sort of lays there at times.
0: Yeah, I did not get to it. I kept trying to make time, but my son had a big homework project. Basically, had a book report to do, and we had to read most of the book over the weekend. Uh. And we went a little too hard for a ten year old <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, kept yeah. me from seeing this one. That said, I have read a handful of reviews for the most part, this is pretty well reviewed if i from what I've read. They say a lot of what you say, but they actually like <laughs> that part of it. <laughs> and I don't know if it's if they're bringing stuff to it because this is such a rich family and they their life is so stupid and silly that, you know, combining the drama and the parody and not really knowing which is which is... They're acting like that's intentional and that it's all a metaphor and this and blah, blah, blah. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. I You know, they're saying the same thing you are. They're just saying it's good <laughs> because of it. And you're saying it's bad because <laughs> of it. So either way, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I... If you hear Ridley Scott on Mark Marin's podcast, it's pretty fun. At the very beginning, Mark Marin says, Ridley really loves his movies. Even the ones you're like, I don't know if this is very good. He loves it. <laughs> like, this is like right before he's going to launch to the interview. And I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, a little <laughs> shot at Ridley Scott before he goes. Uh, and I don't know. He he loved this movie, uh, both Marin and at least Marin pretended to. Uh, I don't know. I. I'm still kind of interested, uh, but at the same time, the more I read about it, the more I kind of lose interest. Even with the good reviews that I have read, it's not, I don't feel like it's going to blow me away either way. It's just kind of a movie at this point. And as much as I like Ridley Scott for the most part, he does have movies that just kind of hang out there that don't quite work all the way. And this kind of feels like it probably is something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it might it might hang around for the awards. There's rumors that Lady Gaga could get into the Best Actress race, which would make this movie last longer. It also, in terms of movies aimed at an older audience, it did pretty well at the box office, taking in fourteen million dollars. So, there's a chance this movie sticks around for a little while uh, and still finds some curious people for it. I, again, I just. I could not get into it. I couldn't get past the accents. I couldn't get past the whether or not it's intended to be funny or not. Uh, it, and really, I just it's so often I can't tell. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, you look at these people right here in this poster that you're if you're watching on YouTube and tell me that doesn't look kind of like an SNL parody. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> you can you see Adam Driver wear that hair on L- SNL. You have you have.
0: <laughs> well right and if you throw out Jeremy Irons and Al Pacino and put in SNL characters it would look like because <laughs> Jared Leto could be anybody <laughs> and, uh, yeah no I, I agree And
1: making, why do they make Jer- Jared Leto look like Jeffrey Tambor
0: <laughs> that's apparently that's exactly what the guy looks like <laughs> and you know how Jared Leto is so I don't know uh I have, you know, while reading positive reviews, it does seem like universally universally, The Last Duel is liked better uh, from what I've read and seen.
1: Absolutely. Uh, that's a really great movie.
0: And it's a shame that one is considered a failure at this point, which I think is stupid as hell. Uh, yeah. And I know you mentioned it last week about what Ridley Scott said. I got to hear it <laughs> more in context. And it's yeah. not... As a headline, it sounds silly, In context <laughs> it makes a little more sense. Yeah, he's not wrong, but at the same time, it's like don't say it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Unless you just got to take your lumps and move on.
1: It's uh, not like that was that. It's not like saying it's going to sell the movie at all, right? But are you going sh- to shame kids into going to see the last duel?
0: Kids just don't want to learn anything anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and again there's more content failure
1: though. it was a marketing failure they didn't market the movie right they didn't try they didn't really give people a better sense of what that movie was really about and that's where that failed it wasn't it wasn't the kids going i don't want to see that movie with those big stars people love adam driver it was a marketing failure
0: yeah they love all three of them and uh and the, Matt Damon maybe a little less lately, but yeah. Well, but that—that's the thing too, though. Is it's, I mean, that's the crowd that would have liked this movie. You know, the people that have kind of turned on Matt Damon lately, <laughs> <laughs> because it does speak to where he's screwing up. I think the, the movie and you know the woke section, which I hate using that word, but right. for lack of a better word at the moment, that crowd would have loved Last Duel if they watched it, despite. Some of the dumb shit Matt Damon said, uh, but I don't know. I I love that movie, so I do too. Able to talk about it one more time, <laughs> anything else on House of Gucci?
1: Not really. I, I I don't see it. I don't want it to stick around. I don't see. I don't. I don't hate it. I just don't care. I'd like it to see it just fade away. <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's not important. There. Are so many better movies out there than this?
0: Yeah, I just have a feeling a lot of those better movies aren't even going to be thought of at the end, other than maybe like oh, well, *Cage* and
1: <laughs> uh, the 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 best movies of the year are already entirely forgotten by everyone who isn't us. Right. <laughs> you think anybody's going to talk about the killing of two lovers at the end of the year? No, no. except me and you.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And I, I, I mentioned giants being lonely to other critics the other day. And they're like, what,
0: what is that? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. That'll never be thought of again. <laughs> and it's a shame. I mean,
1: oh, it is.
0: And lamb will be something that's just kind of, for, it won't be forgotten about, but it will just not make the list. Yeah. <laughs> end. it's what it always, all those it, great 24 movies.
1: I did get a, a message from a 24 about it, about an Academy screening. So. Good luck. Go for, for, for it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Awesome. It They're going to try. It. It Absolutely. It. it does. They should always, I mean, they should usually have two or three considered here. <laughs> year. Uh, let's see. What do we got next? Oops. Halle Berry's directorial debut, Bruised.
1: Bruised stars Halle Berry as a former UFC star who had a pretty significant freak out in her last fight. Uh, she jumped over the fence, uh, the lines, the M- UFC ring and ran away. And after that, her life kind of went in the toilet. Uh, she, couldn't, she couldn't go back to fighting, so she just kind of languished for, uh, for several years. Her life is completely thrown for a loop when she uh, finds out that the father of her long-ago child uh, has died and the child is now hers and she's got to uh, take him in and take care of him. Something that neither she or her abusive boyfriend are prepared to do in any way. She's kind of, they're both kind of al- alcoholics uh, and she's you know, got no prospects. She's just lost her job. Uh, and uh, it's just looking very, very bleak uh, when this occurs uh, then she gets into a, a kind of an unsanctioned fight uh, in the in, in, uh, middle of nowhere in the middle of the night, and that's uh, captured, surrounded by a crowd, and a uh, pr- a producer or p- promoter, whatever they call him, sees her do that and invites her to come back into the ring, thinking that, uh, well, hey, a comeback story, I can make a few bucks off of that. And uh, she does kind of go back into it, and she, and she starts building her life again, building up towards a championship fight that this guy is going to get her, and indeed, that does happen. Um, This is a terrible movie. Uh, It's borderline unwatchable. Uh, Aside from Halle Berry, I mean, she's very earnest and very believable. She's a great actress, and she sells some of these moments, but there is just, as a director, she doesn't quite know how to build a story. So she kind of has these very large beats that are playing far too soon. Uh, and the crescendos that are happening. And then you look at the runtime and you go, there's still 40 minutes of this movie and you just ended it. <laughs> uh, there's a fight scene that just lasts forever. And it just doesn't really, uh, it leads to, you know, a, a very, I don't know, a wannabe Rocky ending <laughs> and that just doesn't, that doesn't quite sit well. Uh, but none of this movie sat well with me. I was, I was angry during this movie and just the way uh, she's not a bad director either. Like she knows how to, you know, put everything in the right frame. But uh, I think the, and the edit did her no favors and trying to jam in as many things as she did. There's this uh, forced sort of, uh, lesbian romance thing that uh, goes absolutely nowhere and completely derails the only really great performance of the movie um, for no good reason. Uh, and then in, in the end, that ends up going nowhere. And I don't know. She tried to do way too much with this and, and it just comes up very well short because of that.
0: Yeah. I almost wonder if you could edit this movie properly and make it decent because that's the problem with it is it's it's you know for the most part we tend to praise passion projects in this scenario it's definitely a passion project for Halle Berry but and I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible she was in over her head she like you said she put way too much into it uh story wise and I know mm-hmm. she didn't write it Michelle Rosenfarb or whatever <laughs> I'm looking at this poster Yeah, Uh, YouTube Uh, she wrote it and I don't know you know where that between her Halle Berry and the editor what you know whose fault it was but again this is her first directorial debut and everything I mean I appreciate her effort but you know one the wannabe Rocky ending you know just don't even say who wins because at that point you're better off
1: uh, she already achieved what she what the character needed to achieve from that so it didn't really matter
0: It cut out the lesbian romance altogether because all together and i understand what she's going for trying to make you know she, she's definitely thinking about monsters ball when she makes this movie she's thinking about other uh you know great movies and just trying to cram too much into them and you know combining all these different movies into one and A lot of times less is more, and this movie would have definitely benefited from being less. uh I
1: mean, the kid thing is almost an entirely different movie at times, because uh, I know she needs the kid to provide the motivation to get her to fight, but realistically, where she was in an abusive relationship five years out of the ring, making a comeback, there's plenty of story there.
0: There was enough. Then
1: you add the kid thing on top of it, it it just kind of it's too much it it's misery porn at a certain point where it's everything is just so miserable in her life that uh that it that it becomes sort of exploitative of of just how bad things are in her life
0: but and i mean like you mentioned in our little text there's a montage in it which oh, god y- that you got a
1: punishing montage
0: and like again it's just cramming too much into one thing and even if you it. that
1: montage the- was like five minutes long. <laughs> I mean, they got in the entirety of whatever that I mean, Beyonce song or whatever that was.
0: This is what was it two and a half hours, two twenty or something like that. Yeah, it needed Way to be. Too long. It needed to be ninety minutes, hundred minutes tops. If you could get yeah. it down to ninety minutes, I would like to I'd like to give it another shot because <laughs> uh, you know I want. I like to when people take on a passion project and try something new and. I I do think there's a lot good here, but the collective is like the internet trolling me wants to make fun of her for you know trying and failing, (laughs) Uh, but you know that's wrong. You know because there there is a good effort. There's a lot here that is good. Like you mentioned, the performance from her uh, trainer, she was awesome in this movie. Uh, But again, it just they. It's just too much. And then we keep going back to that. And I know it's turning into a broken record, but I,
1: I... <laughs> It's the truth though. And and and, the, and you're right, there, there, there are good things here. You know, the, the fight sequence isn't bad. It's not bad at all. Uh but it, it goes on for way too long. And where it arrives in the story, it should have arrived right after the montage. You need to go from the montage into into the fight, not into another series of melodramatic um, you know, downward spiral stuff like the lesbian romance, which comes off like she was really sad, so she had sex with a woman, which is not not a good look. For, no. it's not a good look at all. Not a good look at all. Uh, some have even called it queer baiting, which I, I don't disagree with. Um, it's it's almost like trying to be so woke <laughs> that you've included I'm having sex with women now like that's that's kind of how this comes off and I know that's not the intent no. it's just kind of how it comes off when you slap it in where you do because because again we should have gone from the montage to the fight and they don't there's another 30 minutes between the montage and the fight and you're just, it just it's anger inducing uh, having that happen that way
0: Yeah, I think she's trying to be artistic with that scene, (laughs) and it's just not, it's not. And the other thing that this movie suffers from is that, you know, Halle Berry, maybe she's not an A-list actor anymore, but she's so well known that you know, her as a star, than her as a director, it's hard to, and again, this is the viewer's fault, but her performance, I can't tell if she's trying too hard or she's great. You know that was something I struggled with the whole time, but I feel like that was me and her celebrity that that was making that difficult uh, then you throw in the run time and it was just like god i wish I wish that they'd take this back to the editing room, knock out forty five fifty minutes, and give it back to me and see what it looks like but
1: uh, yeah i i it's very I think it would be relatively easy to fix this because uh, I don't to think she like shoot anything. Said yeah exactly I, th- I think I think she's got the 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 elements here that, that that work. I think and I think as a director, she does have uh, a strong visual sensibility like she's not an amateur behind the camera at all mm-hmm. uh, this, they're, they're, like the, I thought the fight scene was very well choreographed I thought as was the overlong montage it's it's the stuff that she had to include in between all that, this, this desire to do too much that uh, really is the downfall of the movie
0: i will say when they got to the fight scene, it kind of brought me back into the movie again uh but and not enough i mean it just and then when it ended <laughs> it was just kind of like you're doing rocky and and yeah. it's not fair because you know not just rocky has done that ending bad news bears i mean several movies have done it but right you got to try something new there let her win maybe I, or whatever you got to do i don't care but you're right it was very well done and it kind of was entertaining for me for a few minutes uh, but when all of a sudden done it was just overall just kind of a bummer i wanted to ask you about it, but at the same time i wanted you to see it first and as soon as you sent me the text i was like okay he's kind of where i'm at <laughs> Can I uh,
1: just a technical question about this movie why Why did she have the booze in the spray bottle? She has a spray bottle that she fills with booze and she squirts it into her mouth. And meanwhile, her, her boyfriend manager guy is also an alcoholic who clearly isn't judging her for drinking. He knows it's there. So why is she shamefully hiding it in a spray bottle? (laughs) That was a totally unnecessary inclusion. She's like, she must've just thought this sounds like a really great idea, but she didn't think of, how that would look from a logical perspective because there's alcohol all over their house <laughs> she she literally takes alcohol from her boyfriend and pours it into the spray bottle hoping not to wake him up because apparently what he doesn't want her drinking he's as drunk as she is in the movie and maybe drunker <laughs> so it didn't make any sense
0: and then they spend too much time going back to it later on yeah uh, so it's just more time filler that could have been cut.
1: He wasn't a good character. He wasn't a good person. He wasn't going to get upset that she him being upset that she's drinking is just him being an even worse character because he's a hypocrite and he's already a bad guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and his character just wasn't like you said. He wasn't a good character, but he wasn't a good character on two different levels. Like he wasn't a ba- a good person as a character right. but the character also wasn't flushed out very well <laughs> very and true. if they would have spent more time on that and which again I bet you they have all the footage or you could cut stuff off to probably I, I, you probably got enough there to go into that and make it uh-huh. a better flushed out character but uh, that's part of the problem with the movie is him and it's not his performance either it's just the editing uh, basically I mean, it looks like they didn't edit anything they just kept everything yeah. they shot <laughs>
1: But her alleged alcoholism is not dealt with at all. Uh, she just one time, she just decides I'm not going to drink anymore because I've got a son now. And that's it. <laughs> she's, she's just done with it. But the spray bottle, she didn't empty the spray bottle. So and her husband grabs it and shows it to her and says she's a hypocrite. She still drinks. I don't know. It was yeah. such a mess. That opening, that opening 25 minutes setting up uh, for the kid is a, just a complete mess.
0: Yeah, You didn't even need to tell her, tell us she was an alcoholic. We figured it out on our own. Uh, so you can just leave that storyline out of there and we can just, you know, sometimes that stuff's left better untold. Uh, and when you do it right, that's actually pretty cool when you don't have to tell the audience what's going on. You can just tell. Uh, that's
1: al- almost always better to visually demonstrate something rather than just openly telling people.
0: It's hard to do and pull it off a lot of times, but uh, that could have been done here. It, it's just
1: Al, Ari Aster murdered two people in his movie without a single line of dialogue. <laughs> he didn't tell you what you were looking at. You just had to visually watch and see, Oh my God, they're fucking dead.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> anything else on bruise i feel like we went as long as the movie did <laughs> on it. yeah no i'm fine all right drive my car
1: drive my car is a film by uh, Ryosuke hamaguchi it is uh, a film starring Hitoshi nishijima he plays a actor who's uh, married to a writer and they've been married for a number of years they lost a child uh several years ago and it kind of did a great deal of damage to their relationship, but they've begun, as the start as the movie begins, they've begun to rebuild their relationship in a very unusual way. They've begun having sex again, but part of their sex is her telling him a story that she's working on. This very uh, aggressive and transgressive uh, story about uh, a young girl who, a teenage girl, who breaks into the home of the boy she has a crush on. And wanders around his house, and you know, spends time in his room, and has this thing where she takes something from his room and leaves something of her own, something like a tampon, like a used tampon, like yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the, he's telling, she's telling this story as they're having sex or after they're having sex, and it be, and it builds this bond between them again that they thought they'd kind of lost, and they're kind of in love again based off of this he's riveted he wants to hear this story he also likes having sex with her but (laughs) he also wants to hear this story and he loves how this is bringing out this whole new romantic side of her and then she dies and a whole other story begins like literally 25 minutes into the movie we get the credits (laughs) and a whole other movie is starting uh, because he's off to uh uh hiroshima where he's going to be a play director he's going to direct a, a performance of uncle vanya and he's going to choose the cast and how it's performed and uh oversee all of that uh and there he he sets about this new relationship with this woman who is assigned as his driver um, who he didn't want to have a driver but they forced him to have it for various different reasons and so they begin to, there's not a romance. She's, she's not, she's much, much younger than him. He's in his mid forties. She's in her early twenties. It's not romantic, mostly because she would be the exact same age as the daughter he lost several years ago. So that's completely off the table. Uh, but with that off the table, you get this even deeper, more meaningful father daughter sort of relationship, or at the very least a very close fr- friendship. And that's what drives the final act of the movie. It's incredibly beautiful. But this whole thing is incredibly beautiful. There are so many wonderful twists and turns, the way they use Uncle Vanya and, and the, the way that see, other people's art uh, can bring something out of you. At one point he's advising the young actor who is uh, playing his Uncle Vanya, how uh, Chekhov, the, the writer Chekhov, his work reveals the actor and you have to have something inside of you to perform Chekhov because you're going to have to lay that out for the audience. And the young actor says, I don't have any, I don't think I have anything in me. And it is devastating and beautiful. And it's a it's a moment. And there are just there's so many great moments here. To talk about this in comparison to something like Bruised, this movie is three hours long and it does not feel three hours long it is so beautiful and meditative and inviting and engaging I, I just adore this movie
0: that sounds awesome when is it available to be seen
1: it should be available right now I thought it was oh. available this week
0: oh I, I tried I mean I guess I didn't try horribly hard uh, okay that's good to know mark that one because that sounds fantastic I'm it really one of the is. best of the year
1: Absolutely, it is. It's right up there in the top 10. It's just so good. Um, These characters are wonderful. The the storytelling is ingenious, unexpected, consistently surprising. But uh, yeah, I, I adore it.
0: This guy shot a best foreign film?
1: Absolutely. I think it does. I, I believe it, it did either one or it finished second can. So awesome. it's yeah, it's a it's a highly recommended movie
0: looking forward to that one all right what about punch nine for Harold Washington
1: uh punch nine for Harold Washington is a fascinating documentary about the former mayor of Chicago Harold Washington who was uh happily a a very uh kind of uh, a, a congressman who just enjoyed being a congressman <laughs> and he didn't feel like he needed to do anything else he was doing relatively well in Washington but he kept looking back at Chicago and seeing what was happening and and kind of getting drawn back to it, especially after uh, Richard J. Daly died in 1976. So Daly ran Chicago from the late 50s all the way to his death in 1976. And the, then he was replaced uh, by this woman who came in, on this wave of support from the black community, promising to do all of these amazing things for the black community. And the second she got in there, she's like, Oh, Hey, the daily, the daily machine still here. I'm just going to go with that. Now mm-hmm. <laughs> and screw all you people who put me here. I'm going to get in the machine and maintain my power. Uh, and that la- lasted until uh, the uh, 1983, when she finally comes up against Harold Washington, who uh, comes into the race and, is not expected to win and what you find when you're watching this is that you know chicago has a reputation for being the most liberal democratic city on the planet and yet it was at this point one of the single most racist places on the planet uh so remarkably hateful that you're almost shocked like it's boston levels of hate uh, that are going on in this in this city to the point where just people are openly calling Harold Washington the N-word as he's about to become the next mayor of Chicago uh, it's it's stunning to watch um, there's so many unique and this is like a great uh, great dollop episode really to be made here uh, the dollop podcast can do something, some amazing things with this at one point the woman who was mayor prior to Harold Washington thought it would be a great idea for her to move into Cabrini Green <laughs> she got herself an apartment in Cabrini Green and thought this is this is great. This is how I'm going to connect with the people. Never mind that she had armed security guards and a limo to take her to and from Cabrini Green every day. No, I'm relating to the people. Such an absolute shocking embarrassment, but there's really just so many shocking and embarrassing things. Uh, there's an amazing story about his first day as mayor where he goes to his first city council meeting and he doesn't know the rules of how city council work so he thinks that if he do, if he doesn't rule the, if he doesn't uh, if he ends the meeting that the meeting's over but you actually have to have in, in a city council meeting you actually have to have a majority agree that the meeting is over so he gaveled the meeting to a close walked out with his people and then they just continued the meeting without him <laughs> and they appointed all of their people and made it even harder for him to do his job uh the just the complete and utter disgusting racism that he faced down but he did it and eventually he was very successful uh even as with all of this against him he did turn it around until his uh shocking death in 1989 and uh then of course <laughs> we know They're chicago back. goes <laughs> right back down the hill without him
0: yeah this sounds fascinating i definitely am interested in watching this too
1: Yeah, so many wonderful, unique stories about this documentary.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah, I don't even know why I did that. (laughs) Everywhere we could go with this. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to watching that one as well. Is it uh, available uh, anywhere for free or is it just Amazon to rent? Uh, I
1: think you have to go to to the actual documentary's website to find out how to watch it. Because I don't know if it even has a distributor yet
0: oh cool all right and the shuru process
1: the shuru process uh stars uh, fiona Durf, the daughter of brad duroff as a uh, reporter who uh, has a lot of problems she's uh, cost herself her job through her drinking and drugs and behavior uh she's a uh, she decides that the way she's going to try and turn her life around is to go to this retreat, a retreat with this guy who calls himself uh, the Shuru. And uh, he's just this English white guy who talks a big game about inner peace and, and so on. And she kind of begins to set about figuring out whether he's a fraud or not. And suddenly, you know, she's kind of in her head, she's writing the story that she's going to write, about him and maybe he's real. Maybe he, can, maybe he actually helps people. Maybe he's a scam artist. Uh, you're going to have to figure that out as the story goes along. The problem is that this movie just doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't know if it wants to be a movie where people are having big, important revelations about their life and finding new uh, paths in life and improving themselves, or if it's a comedy about you know this guy who's completely full of shit who's claiming to be a guru. Um, and that's that's really what kind of sinks the movie. Fiona Durruff is is a very unique actress. She's got the same kind of energy that her dad has. She's completely unpredictable and that makes her very charismatic and and uh, engaging. You don't know what she's gonna do next, and that's a very exciting uh, place to be as an actor and and sadly, it's just it's all for nothing because the movie isn't particularly funny and it's not particularly dramatic. So in the end, it's just, it's two different diverging tones that never come together.
0: Yeah, I know we talked about this. I totally forgot about it until today. So I didn't watch this <laughs> one uh, Yeah, no, I ended up, basically what I watched this week outside of the classic and the bruise, one of the 91 movies. And then uh, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, I my son and I slept in the living room and put on... I'm going to sound like a terrible parent. I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> uh, we watched basketball. And, <laughs> I mean, this is like putting on at 10 o'clock at night and did not fall asleep. And I was like, you know what? We'll put American or Almost Famous on and we'll fall asleep yeah. to that. Well, Almost right. Famous is so good. You can't fall asleep to that. <laughs> so next thing you know, it's 3.30 in the morning and we're still awake. And <laughs> <laughs> uh so like Sando's room and i watched uh gas station girls from 1976 and that knocked me <laughs> out <laughs> just kidding never, i did see I never heard in
1: that movie
0: <laughs> amazon prime free right now <laughs> all right uh i didn't really get very far into it a, a girl's uncle dies he owns a gas station now she has to take it over <laughs> And it's losing to the big gas station next door, so they somehow have to.
1: Will they do a big topless
0: garage sale, or I didn't get that far, but I'm assuming (laughs) that's where it went. (laughs) I needed something to help me fall asleep. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on to our undisputed classic, the duelist Ridley Scott's first feature length movie,
1: The Duelists from 1978, starring Keith Carradine and Harvey Keitel. Uh, Keith Carradine is a well-regarded soldier who is sent on, a, on an errand by a general to go confront this uh, General Farad, played by Harvey Keitel. He is, uh, as we've previously seen in a duel, he's nearly killed a man who happens to be the son of the local mayor of Strasbourg, where they are located at this time. They are members of the French army under Napoleon. Um so he's sent to confront Farad and tell him that he's confined to his quarters and uh, set to be arrested for what he did. Farad takes this as an insult and sets about trying to duel Carradine's character, Dubert, uh, And this sets off uh, a, a lifelong feud between them that will culminate with several different sword fights over the years. So, uh, duels uh, that will nearly kill each of them on different occasions. Uh, this is a movie that is incredibly ahead of its time when you think about it, because without even trying, it's about toxic masculinity and this idea of manhood and uh, what it means to be a man and have honor and nonsense like that (laughs) ends up convincing men to kill each other for no good reason. There is no good reason for either of these guys. At a certain point, each of them seems to forget why it is they hate each other to begin with. (laughs) <laughs> like right. And Carradine never really hated Farad Or Bear never really hated Farad from the beginning He was just doing his job and got drawn into this guy's nonsense But out of a sense of honor and defending his own masculinity He has to go along with this and continue the fight And as many times as he thinks he's out of it He keeps getting pulled back into it um, That said, I mean, it's a great looking movie uh, And I like I said, I think it's critical of that mindset Uh, It's not openly critical of that mindset, but I think it is, in a way, intended to be critical of that mindset. And so, in that way, I I do think that it is ahead of its time in that way. And the sword fights are incredible. The violence is incredible. The cinematography is amazing. Uh, This is a really incredible debut film.
0: Yeah, I was kind of surprised. At at first, I got a little bored, but as it got going, it definitely kept ramping up for me and i got more and more involved in it uh i was really quite impressed and you know really if you look at ridley scott he definitely has kind of taken this kind of tone more than once in his career uh maybe not the toxic masculinity but definitely he's gone feminist a few times uh several different times a lot of strong leading women in his movies uh so that's a pretty cool concept that he was from even the get the get-go was I don't know that he was going for that but I definitely think it's something he was annoyed by uh, and I, I think that's just really cool I I'm just, I was really impressed with this movie and quite frankly it was like this should have been a classic when we did the last <laughs> duel made so much sense
1: yeah uh, <laughs> I wish we just that <laughs> I, I uh,
0: and I guess when, when again Ridley Scott was on Marin's podcast and when Matt Damon came to him with the script for the last week he was like no you already did the duelist <laughs> but hear me out and uh yeah and he i don't know I, I was really really impressed with how this movie just keeps building on itself and uh, i don't know just in a very well-made entertaining way i just really it's, really very, good.
1: it's a very patient film like it does allow time for these characters to breathe and to you know have lives at least uh uh, Dubert's character certainly mm-hmm. does uh, take on a life, uh, whereas Fraud seems to be kind of uh, eating himself alive with this obsession with uh, having this duel and seeming to want to die in a duel eventually. And this movie is very critical of that mindset of both these men allowing themselves to end up where they end up, uh, considering all the privilege that they have. Uh, they can't. Like, at a certain point, it, it kind of turns on Carradine's character, and he becomes somewhat. Uh, he he rescues Kaitel's character on two different occasions, even though he knows that that he's still going. That this is this is going to continue their fight, which he seems to want to end. But he s- ends up saving him anyway, and it's just and it's because of honor. I have to keep up my honor. <sighs>
0: Uh, and it's what's
1: it's just code it's just code for you know I've got to continue to prove what a man I am
0: but I mean basically what you're describing would work great in like a Monty Python or Mel Brooks kind of a movie (laughs) you know and that it's not funny right but at the same I don't know it just it was interesting I mean this went from what I perceived to be homework which again I shouldn't have thought that was released guy doesn't really make homework uh but that's what i thought we were getting into and then it just kind of gradually got more and more interesting and <laughs> i don't know it, it's it, it's really really cool and interesting and you it to,
1: borders on a, it borders sometimes on absurd which i loved right the, the the absurdity of uh the the violence and the absurdity of continuing the violence and continuing the feud it it Borders on comical. I think there was a movie that did something like that. And no, oh, I'm thinking probably just thinking of the Black Knight and Monty Python. It right, just probably. never gives up. That's Harvey Keitel. <laughs> that's, that's Keitel's character essentially. is The, right. the Black Knight.
0: <laughs> but at the same time, it's just I don't know it. it I, I bought it. I wasn't pulled out of the movie. You know, it it worked in the context of what was going on, and I, I was just really, really impressed and kind of glad I got to see it. Because I would have never watched this movie on my own, so I'm very happy that I got to.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm surprised I never watched it before, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things that's been out there for a very long time, and I just never thought to watch.
0: All right, Uh briefly, we'll run through 1991. I watched Hearts of Darkness for the first time. I know I've wanted to see it for years. It's the documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now, and I, I thought this was fascinating, too. The whole thing, just... I, An artist trying to grasp what it's like being an artist and not trying to sound pretentious, but then being pretentious. I don't know. Just... <laughs> just... Just interesting. Neat. You know, Martin Sheen has a heart attack in it. Uh, Marlon Brando's the pretentious asshole. D- Dennis Hopper. <laughs> no business being in the movie. Uh... Uh, uh, it was just really really interesting uh a movie probably never went through so much chaos as this did and they caught it all on camera so i i definitely recommend if you ever get a chance to see it to see this movie
1: it's fascinating and yeah there's a certain bravery uh, to Francis Ford Coppola to allow himself to be seen as he's seen here, and the, part of that, of course, is, I think is his wife directed this. Yes, and, and so I think that's part of why he was so willing to be so so this <laughs> this character in front of the in front of the camera, you know, be captured in the way he is, uh, in all of his uh, uh, hypocrisy at times. Uh, it's it's a naked sort of thing, and I, I do appreciate just how. How much that must have been very hard for him to see what he did watch this. Uh, that's really what makes this so exciting—is just how bold it is in that way.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's some of the shit he says is embarrassing. <laughs> you know? And Marlon Brando, Brando comes off as just the biggest tool in the history of tools in this. <laughs> uh, I, but I don't know. It, it just and Dennis Hopper. I, I mean everything I said already. Uh, I. I definitely think if you're into movies at all, this is a must for, you know, movie buffs to see this movie. Uh, yeah. I know in Goodwill hunting, they borrowed a line from this movie when Casey Affleck says, I swallowed a bug. where <laughs> Marlon Brando says it. Uh, I don't know. I, I was quite I- intrigued the entire time.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, it's easy to look back now and see that you you've, You've taken on all of this crazy in one place in a place that's far cut off from the rest of the world. What did you expect would happen? Well, it's easy to say that now. You couldn't I don't think you could say that then.
0: Well the funny part is originally George Lucas was gonna direct it. They were gonna go to Vietnam in the middle of Vietnam and make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and Lucas yeah. and the the film company was like yeah that's not a good idea <laughs> so they already were starting from a ridiculous point pretty, of view from before
1: these plans yeah yeah so, you have, you have just these characters this uh, Dennis Hopper and then got, you got know, John Milius in there too who's equal he's just as crazy as everybody else if not crazier
0: yeah but
1: John that uh, rumored to be the inspiration for uh, Walter and the big Lebowski really <laughs> one of them yeah yeah
0: and then there's my girl uh oh when we were kids and Cloak can get stung by the bees it made us
1: cry. he needs his glasses where are his glasses
0: <laughs> we were i'm little. just made,
1: i'm making the entire audience cry right now <laughs> oh
0: we don't. Have you any.
1: say that say the line to a to a member of generation x they start to tear up immediately <laughs>
0: I'm gonna go try that on my wife later. She's barely <laughs> Gen X. She's like the last year of Gen X, but we'll see if it were. I mean, this movie we watched this with my kids like a year ago, and yeah. it made her they take it. They were oh. they were fine because <laughs> they're not Gen X. <laughs> one's Gen Z, the other ones whatever was after that. Yeah, uh, I mean it. It worked when I saw it way back when. Uh, now it's. I kind of laugh, and it's fun and funny, and (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny when he dies. (laughs) Uh, But it, I don't know, it it was kind of had an American Tale vibe to me, where that song was sad when I was a kid, and that scene was sad. Uh, Yeah. But now I've seen too many movies, and (laughs) it's nothing sad (laughs) anymore.
1: You've got a very large callus, a very large, my girl shaped callus now. Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that is our show. We will get the flick chart in a moment. Uh, next week, we got Hand of God, The Power of the Dog. Uh, you said Wolf, maybe. Uh, maybe. Bendetta, The Scary 61st, Death of a Telemarketer, Projects base 13 that what it's called <laughs> sphere yeah. 13 maybe uh, my handwriting sucks <laughs> our classic is piano uh, 1991 we have a play in the field of love in star trek 6 and discovered country so most likely you will not hear us talk about those movies next week uh, and let's see what flip chart has to offer yes all right, Ghost Rider or the Green Mile?
1: Uh, it's Green Mile, I guess. Ghost Rider is pretty bad. Yeah, Not in a fun way either.
0: I've never actually seen it. In and Out, Days of Thunder.
1: Uh, I like In and Out, but uh, Days of Thunder is a lot of fun for me. I've got a weird nostalgia for it, so I'm going to go with that one.
0: I don't remember In and Out. Uh, Enemy at the gates, save the last dance.
1: Save the last dance.
0: Absolutely. Ambushed, castaway.
1: I don't know, ambushed.
0: Neither do I. American werewolf in London, castaway. Castaway. Yeah, though. You know who's also turning into like a Dustin Hoffman for me as a uh, Landis? <laughs> He kind of annoys me a little bit, too.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Uh, Get Shorty Star Wars Episode 1 Phantom Menace.
1: Get Shorty. I don't hate the Phantom Menace, though.
0: Uh, Walking Tall 2004 or The Gollum? The Gollum. You've seen it?
1: um, It's been a while, I would say. I can't really say that I've seen it, I guess.
0: All right. Walking Tall, Romeo Must
1: Die. Walking Tall.
0: Multiplicity, Blue Thunder.
1: Multiplicity. (laughs) It's so stupid, but Blue Thunder is boring. (laughs) And Blue Thunder is boring with helicopters. So what does that say? It's
0: not possible. Uh, (laughs) Being John Malkovich, Predators.
1: It's being John Malkovich, but I I like Predators.
0: Yeah, but that's not really a fair comparison. Monsters <laughs> Ball, Godfather Part 2.
1: Monsters Ball is incredible, but it's Godfather Part 2.
0: Yeah, it's one of the best of all time. Shrek the Third, Solaris. Solaris. I might make a fight for Shrek 1, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> twister, Event Horizon.
1: Uh, I don't think that's the right Twister i don't know if we've seen the the 1989 twister
0: you have not you were correct <laughs> i didn't see the year until this isn't fair uh mission impossible rogue nation or event horizon
1: mission impossible rogue nation
0: and since i haven't gone back and watched event horizon since we talked about it when it turned or hasn't turned 30 yet since we talked about it we made a classic one episode didn't we Uh, something like that Uh, I won't pick it but
1: I thought it was a Christmas present maybe that's why we talked about it
0: I never watched it whenever we did it I didn't watch it and because I knew Josh hated it and I wanted to watch it it just ran out of time but if I'm not going to make the effort I can't flip a coin over it I'll make that deal
1: I really want to see the devil doll that looks really interesting but I don't think either of us has seen either of those movies
0: perfect so death becomes her the jackal who cares
1: (laughs) jackal's not bad and death becomes her is not completely terrible i don't know you hate them both
0: i don't hate them both i just not a big bruce willis guy anymore death becomes her yeah meryl streep's better than richard Gere. rocky 2 halloween h2o Rocky two. Yeah. h
1: 2 not bad though.
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> I I don't hate H2O. I thought I was actually when I saw H2O the first time, I re- I really liked it. That's the cool. retconning afterwards, you know, made it kind of suck a little bit, but
0: Star Trek five, the final frontier, home alone.
1: Oh, home alone by a lot.
0: Castaway men of honor.
1: <laughs> oh. Castaway.
0: Order. elizabeth the girl with the dragon tattoo
1: is that the fincher i think that's the, fincher, that's version. the yeah.
0: fincher dragon tattoo what's elizabeth i've never heard of that
1: elizabeth uh, it's kate blanchett as uh, queen elizabeth
0: oh i guess i have I, I, i've never seen that poster before <laughs>
1: yeah no i haven't either uh it's elizabeth i think elizabeth's an incredible underrated movie um not that i don't love dragon tattoo it's 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 very good uh, but it's it's kind of more in the line of the Benjamin Button Fincher movies than it is on the seven side of the Fincher movies right
0: and it's a Fincher movie that didn't need to exist because the other ones are perfectly fine by themselves Jaws 2 White Chicks <laughs>
1: uh, Jaws 2 I hate White Chicks I hate it so
0: much I've never seen either so I don't have a Pet Cemetery Jackass the movie
1: Jack Addis, the movie.
0: Hate Pet Cemetery so much. Oh, this is fun. Basic Instinct, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo.
1: Gonna argue with your idea of fun. Uh, <laughs> uh basic instinct, because Deuce Bigelow is somehow worse.
0: <laughs> North by Northwest or the ref.
1: North by Northwest. But we need to get Kevin. Uh, we need to get uh Nicolas Cage's face onto Kevin Spacey and the ref. <laughs> that would have been an interesting movie. Dennis Leary and Nicolas Cage going back and forth. That would have been something.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dennis Leary is kind of a one note, you know, Hicks ripoff. Uh, <laughs> but, it, I mean, I like him. I would have been, I would have watched it, I suppose. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Roman Michelle's High School Reunion
1: confessions of a dangerous mind but i like Romeo and michelle as well
0: lady in the water dog day afternoon
1: (laughs) dog day afternoon
0: (laughs) yep topsy-turvy oceans 12
1: i've uh, somehow never seen topsy-turvy i should have but i didn't see it
0: (laughs) works for me kingdom of heaven oceans 12
1: oceans 12 good god kingdom of heaven is terrible
0: Lady Bird, Men of Honor. <laughs> Lady Bird. Like, I never thought I'd like Men of Honor is literally a movie I saw that never thought about again until today. So. Yeah.
1: Agree. It's a, it's a dad movie. It's an incredible uh, it's a, dad movie. Oh, you have to be at least 60 to enjoy Men of Honor.
0: It's a dad <laughs> if you're movie, I, not
1: 60. I,
0: I, I saw it at midnight. Like I used to work at Hardee's and then my friends and I would go to the movies every Friday and Saturday night. And the, the, we couldn't get there till midnight because we closed. And by the time right? we got to the Quad Cities, we'd go see the movie. And Men of Honor was were big De Niro fans. So we're like, it's going to be great. I watched that at midnight.
1: <laughs> you were asleep before it was over.
0: <laughs> I fought. Uh, Manhattan Paranormal Activity 4. Manhattan. Yes. Waiting, Be Kind, Rewind.
1: Where do you come down on this one?
0: Probably waiting. I don't love either one of them. Uh, hate- I'm kind
1: of on the side of be kind rewind just because i i use I use I used the the terminology sweeting <laughs> pretty, pretty regularly. That's pretty, pretty become a go to reference for me. So I'm kind of on the, I kind of have a real real big soft spot for that movie.
0: Yeah,
1: and waiting. I, I don't feel like it holds up very well.
0: And I haven't gone back to watch it. I just I worked in the food industry. So uh, Not that any of that stuff I ever witnessed But I could relate to some of the And plus I just I don't know I don't know if I like Ryan Reynolds better than Jack Black I like them both a lot Uh, Let's just flip Let George decide Be kind Rewind Tails Serpico Coneheads. <laughs> I know
1: I know it's Serpico, but I watch Coneheads so many times it is the biggest guilty pleasure for me.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad about Coneheads, but <laughs> Serpico's I really like Serpico. Love Serpico, yeah. Let's move out of here before I accidentally choose that. Uh, Step is The Sandlot.
1: Two remarkably overrated movies. Uh, the Sandlot.
0: Isn't it fun when you stop judging the movie and you just start judging the crowd that watches it? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, Judge Dread ninety five Candyman.
1: Candyman.
0: Yeah. Junior I'm not gonna do a stand up special. Junior or Spartacus? Spartacus. You wanna know what I I don't know why this reminded me of Dune. Uh but a lady at work goes you know I think I like the 1984 version better than the new one (laughs) how is that even possible Uh, anyway I just thought I'd share that with you (laughs) thank you (laughs) a ghost story the switchblade sisters
1: I've never seen switchblade sisters but that poster makes and that title makes me want to see it
0: (laughs) yeah I kind of want to hang that poster in my wall a uh, ghost story, Final Destination.
1: Uh, I'm gonna have to turn in my my uh, my high minded movie critic card because I don't like a ghost story, and I'm gonna pick Final Destination.
0: You and Josh have me so turned off to the point I don't even want to give it a chance. <laughs> I know I should <laughs> just uh 'cause Some people like it, but and it is a 24. Yeah. But I just yeah. it seems so boring.
1: It does. It so does.
0: Have you seen Dimensions of Dialogue?
1: No, I've never heard of it.
0: Avengers Infinity War Monster. Monster. I agree. Glad we didn't pick us. Pick the superhero movie. So I married an axe murderer, Halloween 2007. So
1: I married an axe murderer.
0: Really? You like that movie?
1: I don't like it, but I, I certainly don't like 2007's Halloween.
0: I like that better than sorry. The next murder. Uh, I can not say it is tails. It's so dark in here. I got the light shining at me, but I can't. See. Oh, <laughs> um,
1: just, just because there's no place to put this, I just want to tell a quick story. Go for uh, it. So I, I've got a Tumblr page. I love Tumblr. I'm a big fan of Tumblr, even though I'm a 45 year old man. But nevertheless, I, I post all Of my reviews, there on a pretty regular basis, and uh, I got the funniest comment this week from somebody. So, I posted it on my review of F9 again just to try and you know, d- drum up interest in that review again. And somebody commented on there saying, Ah, oh, this movie, I hate this movie, those guys who made this are science deniers. <laughs> Because apparently he thinks that the people who made Fast and Furious think that a Fiero can go into space. <laughs> They're science deniers. They don't believe in physics in that movie, really.
0: Either way, if he's being serious, it's funny, and if he's making a joke, it's a funny joke. <laughs> so I'm going. I, either way, I love that comment. That's great. That's great, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a, he's either a comedy genius or a very troubled human being
0: <laughs> either way it works that's <laughs> 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 funny uh jules and jim you know what that is
1: oh yeah we we that was a classic oh, scary yeah. show. that's
0: right we did that <laughs> my fault i remember that now a,
1: we've watched a lot of movies it's all right
0: And wedding singer.
1: This is Jules and Jim.
0: Fantastic beasts and where to find them. Nicolas Cage's American Beauty.